The reality is is now on Patreon, and here are some of our fabulous supporters. Chastity Davis. Don't be fooled by my name. The only thing I abstain from is your bullshit. Jessica Riley. Where I come from, money can buy you anything, but I'll take the garbage plate. Seiran Hayati. In Sweden, we have ABBA, IKEA, and if you mess with me, some other four-letter words. Kelly Payfer. I may be from Down Under, but don't ever underestimate me. Richie D. If you can't be cool, you can't be with Caduce. Megan Shaw. I may be a mom. Model, but I'll never be your model minority. Becca Simon. It gets icy where I'm from, so you know I'll bring the heat. Jill Hirsch. Your petty drama can't take this warrior down. Jamie Allrunner. Where I come from, we're known for our great lakes, but I'm just known for my great ass. Sarah Gibbs. You may not like the cut of my jib, but that's what you get from Sarah Gibbs. Maria M. Where I'm from, they sing God Save the Queen, so I guess you can call me a god. Jill Walsh. I made it up this hill myself, and I'll kick any jack off. Jesse Willis. I may not run in traffic, but I'll give you a run for your money. Eleanor Manning. I run with a fabulous circle of people, and you're not even on my payroll. John Friedman. Diamonds aren't a girl's best friend. John Friedman is. Sarah Watkins Bilstein. Playtime is over. This mama means business. Laura Zielinski. Whether it's breast pumping or fist pumping, this Jersey girl brings the party. Amanda Agosti. Everything is bigger in Texas and my heart is no exception. Tracy Masters. When you're the master of your own destiny, no one can ever take you down. Marl Farsi. Reading is fundamental and in Farsi, the reads are monumental. Tracy Newman. My presence is a gift, so remember the thank you note. Lola Del Rio. Whatever Lola wants, Lola gets and I get it all. Adade Adidoko. It may look like I'm stirring the pot, but I'm actually just smoking. Deepa Kanapoli. Some people say I have secrets, but at least they're not federal indictments. Jada. People are intimidated by my great success and my great ass. Naveen Jonathan. I'll give you the shirt off my back and also my unsolicited opinion. Adil Ibrahim. Some things are too hot to handle, like me and the tea I spill. Trinity Subramaniam. I have four degrees and eight syllables and zero fucks to give. Beth Bayer. The secret to my success is staying out of your BS. Shannon Anthony. There's no fun in moderation, but there's plenty of shame. Rita Ryan. Don't be fooled by my Midwest charm, because I'm nobody's fool. Brianna Tony. Some people strive for perfection, but I'm already there. And lastly, Tanisha. While others are turning tables, I'm dancing on them. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX is The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX is The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another episode of The Reality Is. It is me, Noor, as usual. 
<sighs> this episode is late. Okay. It is. <laughs> I usually record the Saturday episode um, at some point during the week, usually Thursdays or Fridays, but I had to wait. I had to wait because there is just too much activity to catch up on. <sighs> okay. First of all, um, this episode, I don't know how long I'm going to record. I'll be honest with you because I talked a bunch this week to a couple of other podcasters. So I spoke with, um, I was on mixing it with money and I am going to be on, um, is this real life with Mandy Slutsker. And so I am talking a bunch in detail about Beverly Hills, about the bite on those shows. So I'm going to probably try to keep this one brief because, I feel like I might be repeating myself, but also because I went into a lot of detail on those. Um, but guys, I was going to record earlier. And oh, also the reason why I'm bringing up the other shows is because some of the opinions on those other shows no longer apply because people are acting fucking ridiculous here. Like I was just on Mandy's show and you know, we talked about Diana and some of these rumors about her being a high class madam and how it's kind of offensive because maybe it's related to like Eastern European culture. And, you know, Mandy felt um, very strongly about it because her father's Eastern European. So we talked a lot about like those kinds of stereotypes and, and then Diana just went off the walls on Instagram to like, Unlike, there's one thing that I, I actually find so bizarre, which is when these people who are, have, you know, are millionaires, bajillionaires, right? Diana has more money than God. And then they all are on this like nationally televised show. Like they go on Instagram and they pick fights with like small Bravo accounts. And I find that to be so weird. First of all, I rarely will tag anybody. And so, um, I never really get like a celebrity person like tagging or like a Bravo celebrity like uh, commenting on my stuff. But occasionally it happens when I tag them or somebody else tags them, right? Like it's – isn't it weird that Diana like came across this like random teeny tiny Bravo accounts Instagram where she just like reshared um, somebody else's tweet from Twitter about her and then said all that weird stuff about it must be hard being a black bravo what did she say a black content creator and then she said she said that what she meant was dark like dark as in like snarky like she said something like i thought black meant snarky what what is happening what is go everybody needs to you know what needs to happen you know, like um, you go to a restaurant and they give you those like nowadays you can go to a restaurant and they give you like a little box, it's a cute little box or bin. And it's just like, oh, we encourage you to put your phones away. I think that when Bravo has people on these television shows, they need to be like, all right, we're going to, there's a bin, you'll put the phone in the bin. Okay. And the, or, or we're going to give you like a, what is it? A jitterbug, a flip phone, a classic Motorola razor where you cannot use social media while you're on the show because what the fuck? Like, None of it made any sense. It was quite confusing. And then Chris, Crystal got dragged into it because Diana was like, I got a call from Crystal screaming at me and demanding I explain what this meant, which is immediately hilarious to me. Like all I think about is that season on Rehouses of New York where <laughs> Heather and Carol woke up on vacation to Ramona's like – 
you know, random guy that she brought home and fucked laying there naked in the in the uh, Jack and Jill suite or whatever. And so she's demanding answers. Heather's demanding answers and she's walking around the house. <laughs> she's walking around the house yelling at everyone. And there's that scene where like she goes into Ramona's room and she like opens up the curtains and she's like, get up. That's what I imagine Crystal did to Diana when she demanded what the hell that meant. And honestly, I still don't know what it meant, but now all this stuff is coming out about Diana actually having this like history of like racist or microaggressive behavior with black people. It's not good. It's not good for you, Diana. It doesn't look good for you. This is bad. It's like, it's like Rena says, this isn't good for you. And then you have Sergio from Real Hustles of Dubai, Caroline Stanbury's toy boy husband, if you will. Now there's tweets of his coming out where he's just saying the N-word. He's talking about Trump. It's always a good reminder that like nobody good actually ends up on reality TV. None of these people are good people. And I think sometimes we vouch for them or we defend them because we see ourselves in them. So we feel like quite defensive. But we have to remember that these are genuinely bad people. Okay. Um, I'm going to talk, talk about, um, Real Houses of Dubai first. And, um, this episode we had Lisa's fashion show. We learned that Ayan had a modeling agency with <laughs> supersized models. Nina and Caroline do some more tourist shit and, uh, Sarah has a photo shoot. Let's talk about Nina and Caroline first. Um, they did this tourist thing at the Atlantis Bahamas and Nina almost every single episode is doing something off the wall, super duper expensive that like nobody local really does. I feel like she's, she's just working really hard for the tourism board. And then while she's doing it, she keeps talking about being like, Oh, I'm just a small town girl from Austin, Texas who loves French fries. It's like, okay, Nina, you're not fooling anyone. Okay. You're talking about being like so humble and so humble and then you're like in a suite that this the tank is troubling guys. They 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 get into the room and they're like, "Oh, there's a surprise." And they go downstairs and it's a man, okay, in full scuba gear talking to them through the tank um or like the, you know, the wall or whatever. And then I noticed the wall is like the you know, the glass where this man is scuba diving and talking to them is in the bathroom and the bathroom and it's like right next to the tub. And that really alarmed me that anybody would pay money for that. Like, oh, you're going to take a bath. And while you're taking a bath in the nude, as one does, unless you're never nude, but you're while you're taking a bath, you can open up your curtains and there's a bunch of fish and but, like, now I know that there's a man who can, like, scuba dive and just, like, what, watch you? It's fucking weird. Why are people paying money for this? Also, for me, again, it would just be, like, I I would just be assuming that this thing is going to crack. Okay. I would be, like, okay, I'm going to drown to death. Okay. I'm going to drown to death because I'm going to be asleep and suddenly this thing is going to break open and it will swallow us whole. Okay. Like Jonah and the whale. And I'm going to die. Like, that is what I would assume the whole time. Anyway, Caroline and Nina pretend to be friends. 
Okay. Okay, girl. I will say um, the part that I like about Caroline Stanford <laughs> is like sometimes she says something that really is like she says it kind of under her breath and it cracks me up. Like at one point they were like, oh, we have a surprise for you before they show that man in the tank or whatever. And they're like, oh, we have a surprise for you. <laughs> You hear Caroline Stanford, you missed it if you're not paying attention. She says in her breath, you removed our children. <laughs> and that made me laugh. It did. Anyway, um, Ayan, Lisa, and Brooks uh, meet up and Ayan brings a pot full of lemons. First because she thinks that Caroline Brooks is bitter and then later so that Caroline Brooks can make some lemonade out of lemons. And uh, I do enjoy watching this trio together, okay? I, I enjoy it because they're all constantly shading each other, and I, I genuinely enjoy that. Um, you know, Ayan is explaining to Caroline Brooks, like, why the thing happened at Nina's dinner and why she was so triggered and all the stuff that she has going on. And, of course, Brooks turns it into a classic housewife thing, which is like, you know, if you're, if you're going through stuff and you think that we're close, you should have called me. <laughs> Uh, I love Ayan. Okay, I love Chanel Ayan because at the end of this dinner, she says Wakanda for life. It's Wakanda forever. <laughs> Is it not? <laughs> and I just love that she constantly keeps getting like little phrases wrong, but she said does it with such confidence. I don't know. It just makes me happy. Um, Sarah has a photo shoot and we need to talk about my problems with her. I went from the very first episode thinking she is just so wonderful to now being fully fucking irritated with her. Okay. She's constantly talking about what a rebel she is. I'm a rebel. I'm a rebel. Anybody who says that they're a rebel is not really probably that rebellious. It's kind of like Sutton saying she's a good person. I'm a good person. I'm rebellious. Like, okay, you're probably not. Like, that's your shtick, but you're probably just fine. Um, she tells us that she's done all these businesses. It's like not the flex that she thinks she has. She's like, oh, I've been in business since I was 15. And I, you know, I ran a fashion company for 20 years and, um, I did all this stuff and I, you know, it's not been great because I did file for bankruptcy twice. I'm sorry. You're 35 years old. Filing for bankruptcy twice by the age of 35 is not good. And, the fact that you're sitting here and talking about it so openly and like unscathed tells me that you have a fuck ton of privilege. Like she's tells us she's, she's in tech, she's in fashion, she's a rebel, she's got NFTs. She, by the way, on Instagram has a doctor in her name. She's not a doctor. Also, she's a royal. Okay. More than anything, she's a royal. That's, the girl she is. She's that girl. She's a privileged Arab woman. And while I do think that there are a lot of Arab women who are rebellious, who do get tattoos, who do, you know, go against tradition, she's acting like she's able to do all these things fully on her own independently. But the fact of the matter is she's a wealthy, privileged Arab woman. Like she's an Emirati who is, you know, related to like Emirati royalty. So she can't just act like she's like every normal average Arab woman in the Middle East who gets to do all these things. It's not reality. But, and something about the way she talks about herself during the photo shoot, just like, it reminded me of Luann. Like, it just sounds like Luann to me, the way she talks about herself, you know? Even her being like, oh, these publications in Europe really like me because, you know, I'm rebellious. 
But like she says that her publicist got her this photo shoot, which like I guess that is what publicists do. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, your publicist got you the photo shoot because they probably shop around. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie to you. I was gonna say I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you, and I'm not gonna lie to you. And then it sounded like I'm not gonna be honest with you. Any, sorry, it's late, guys. Um, she says, uh, oh yeah, I get, and I'm a fucking nobody, but even our podcast gets emails from other companies, like other podcasters, um, and we'll get emails from their publicists being like, oh, you know, we X, Y, and Z would love an opportunity to be a guest on your podcast. And it's not like a, like a nobody person that we get emails about, um, we just don't invite them those – we don't do anything with those emails because uh, I don't care to talk to somebody that I don't listen to um, or somebody especially who like isn't related to the st- the content that I'm watching. But my point is that publicists will email random people and try to make those like networking connections and try to get like uh, you know a photo shoot or a, a podcasting gig or whatever. Like that's what publicists do. So – I don't know something about Sarah. It, it, she's kind of presenting it like all these European, you know, um, outlets want to hear more about Sarah Almadani, but like really, it's just that your publicist is doing their job and getting you in European publications. You know. Um. Uh. Anyway, the rest of the episode is like the fashion show, pregnancy bellies. I love Lisa Milan. I think that she's absolutely wonderful. Um, Nina, anytime she's on camera, talks about French fries. It's very boring. Sarah Madani, I've noticed, talks about herself at every opportunity she can get. She like talks about, she talks to other people in a way that somehow opens up the opportunity for her to talk about herself. I don't know. It's like, even when they're like, oh, she's like, you know, I was in fashion. So I know that like right now it's really calm, but in the background, it's probably crazy. Okay, Sarah, you're on the network that made Project Runway. We know. Okay, we know what happens in the back of a fashion show. I don't know. Just she irritates me. Um, But the rest, like, of the episode, you know, it's basically just Caroline Stanberry assuming that her life at home is going to be more interesting than it actually is. You have to fucking show up, girl. You have to show up and film. And I was reminded by somebody, and I don't know who it was, that – Actually, at the end of Ladies of London, the third season, which was the final season of Ladies of London, she was moving to Dubai and she was fully checked out. She didn't want to be anywhere. She didn't want to dance around the Maypole. She didn't want to do anything. So this is the same thing that she's trying to do where she's like thinks that she's more interesting than she is. And it's it's not – it's like Rena says, this isn't good for you. Okay, It's not going to go well for you. Speaking of Rena, let's just move on to Beverly Hills. Okay, so like I said, I was on a bunch of other podcasts this week, and so there's a lot more discussion that I had there that was very detailed. And so I'm not going to get into every single thing that happened this episode. But I'm going to, again, I'm going to disclaimer this discussion about this week's episode with the fact that I watch, we all watch reality TV and take from it whatever we can relate to, right? And uh, sometimes there's a lot of projection as we watch these shows. We feel very defensive of about a lot of people. Watching this episode as an Asian American woman, 
it has been difficult. Watching this season has been very difficult. It's it's tough to watch it. Um, I'll get more into that later, but back in Punta Mita, um, everybody is just there going to the beach. There's all this glam. Guys, I just this episode, like, it's so maddening because, like, so little happened, but then when things do happen, like, so much happens, right? Like, we still get so many flashbacks on Beverly Hills. We still get, like, unnecessary glam shots in Beverly Hills, and maybe that's the thing. Like, maybe that's just part of their brand now, and now we just have to put up with it. But anyway, everybody everybody goes to the beach. They have a meal. There's just, you know, there's just a lot of chitter-chatter, but the weirdest thing that happens obviously at the beach is that Erica is uh, just on some other level of delusion because of her new meds. And at first I thought that it was like, okay, she's admitting to being a bully. You know, she's admitting to being compared to her husband saying that she wears it like a badge of honor. All right. You're admitting to being a monster. But then like she goes on and on about Tom grading the bar and how she can tutor Sutton who wants to take the LSAT, which is fucking weird by the way. But like Garcelle laughs about that and everybody just makes faces and nobody actually says anything. No one actually says, Erica, you have to be kidding me, right? Like you're talking about Tom grading the bar. That's very alarming. You think that you can tutor Sutton? What are you talking about? Like you're talking about being called a bully and you're making jokes about the people that you're being charged with defrauding. And wasn't she saying earlier in the season that like she's been proven innocent? What then what's going on? Why are you going to court? Like there's so many things that we could be following up with her on about the wild shit that she says that still harping about the fact that Crystal said dark once is fucking crazy. Okay. It's fucking crazy. But what is crazy is that these idiots are really easily manipulated. Okay. Everybody is so fucking stupid on this show. I've said this a million times, but this entire episode was just like a series of manipulations. You know, one was, you know, a group convincing Sutton that Crystal is a bad person who does this to her friends and another group convincing Crystal that she should stand up against Sutton. Essentially, what they want is for Sutton to be afraid of Crystal, and what they want is for Crystal to scream at Sutton. And when those things don't happen, it throws off their whole plan. You know, the problem is that Crystal won't do what they tried to manipulate her into doing. Like, they didn't think that Crystal was going to fall apart and start crying, right? Like, they thought Crystal was going to do her condescending thing, her ice-cold mean girl thing, to like, Meek, oh, little Southern white woman who doesn't know any better Sutton. Like, that's what they were expecting. They wanted her to be cold to her the way she did at Rena's house with the ugly leather pants. That's all they want. And it's crazy because she doesn't do that. She does not get manipulated by them. She doesn't play their game, essentially. I mean, she kind of does, but she doesn't. And when she doesn't do what they expect her to do, they call her manipulative. And it doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, they obviously, you know, we know Rinna and Erica don't actually give a shit about Crystal. But we also, I don't, Kyle doesn't give a shit about Sutton. Like, when the women are shopping and Sutton's like, I don't think Crystal is a bad person, Kyle convinces her that in fact, Crystal is a bad person because, you know, if you have 14 friends that don't talk to you, maybe you're the problem. It's like, I don't know, Kyle, 
What does it say when your two sisters hate you for 12 years on national television? Does it mean that you're the problem? What does it mean when you annihilate every friendship that you've had on this television show, except for these losers that you hang out with? What does that say about you? Or that you're the problem, right? And like on the beach, when Rena and Erica like are with Crystal, they don't even ask her why she's crying, right? Like they just keep giving her more drinks and just saying words to her. Like so much so that they don't even know, like when Kyle asked them, what was it that Crystal was upset about? They can't tell her because they weren't fucking listening. It doesn't, it's by no means can anybody watch this and think that Kyle and Rinna and Erica and Dorit give a shit about Crystal and Sutton. It, there's no way that anybody could drop, you know, end up in that conclusion. But Kyle says that Crystal wants to be liked by them by playing a victim. And I'm not even sure what the hell that means. Like, I don't even think that Kyle knows what the hell that means. It's frustrating because what started all of this was Garcelle making a statement, which she prefaced with like, I know this is going to be kind of controversial and I don't want to go to the past, but, and then she does something really fuck says something fucking controversial and literally goes to the past. But now they're putting it all on Crystal that she says this kind of stuff and she stirs shit up and she brings up things from the past to do what? Like to be manipulative, to make them like her, to play the victim. I'm not sure. There's like a million reasons this episode why they think Crystal is doing what they're doing, what she's doing. But what is Crystal doing? I'm not even sure what Crystal is doing. All of this, like this whole thing, right? Again, started with Garcelle saying, I'm going to say something controversial, but I think you said something up. And now it's somehow about rumors that all the women have heard that Crystal has 14 friends who doesn't talk to her anymore. And that the reason is because she does this. What is this? What is it that Crystal does? I don't even know. I have no idea, but I have some theories. And again, I'm bringing up my theories from the perspective of a person who probably could relate to Crystal in some way. I'm not rich. Okay, I'm not rich. That's not one of the ways. When they get to the dinner, they try to do this shit again with Crystal, right? Like they try to, they've now spent all day working up Crystal and telling her like, you need to fight against Sutton and stand up against her. And they've told Sutton, you know, you you shouldn't be scared of her, but I think you are scared of her because she's a scary person. She's manipulative and she's mean and she twists words. And when they get to the dinner and Crystal doesn't really talk and doesn't behave the way they expect her to, Sutton ends up looking unhinged. She looks crazy. She comes in thinking and expecting a fight. And instead, when she gets an apology, she doesn't even know how to accept it, right? Like at this point, Sutton's view of who Crystal is is so tainted by Kyle and Garcelle that anything Crystal says is just going to be taken the wrong way. Like Sutton is super fucking condescending and she's demanding an apology and she's promising, making Crystal promise that she won't do this again. What is this? What do you mean she does this? What do you mean not do this again? What is this? Okay. What, what is it? Let's talk about what I think it is. Again, disclaimer, I am an Asian millennial woman 
And a lot of the way I'm reading the situation is going to be my perspective as I watch another Asian millennial woman get dragged, first for being too assertive and then for not being assertive enough, right? We keep hearing from everyone that Crystal does this a lot. But is it that – and I don't know what this is, but could it be that they think that, you know, if we start from the beginning of all of this, was this what Garcelle was saying, that she set Sutton up? Are they saying that when they when she does this a lot, they think that she sets women like Sutton up? Sets them up how? You know, is it that she calls out women like Sutton? Is it that she drags their reputation by calling out their problematic behavior? Like, of course, like I know some people are going to say, well, Garcelle doesn't think it's problematic, you know, the things that Sutton said, whatever. That's fine. We've talked about this before. Garcelle doesn't see life the way Crystal does because Garcelle isn't an Asian millennial woman, right? Garcelle can read a situation very differently than Crystal. And we've seen Crystal read situations differently than Garcelle because they're two different women with extremely different experiences. Crystal will never understand what it's like to be a black woman. And Garcelle will never understand what it's like to be an Asian woman. They experience racism in very different ways. Garcelle experiences racism in a way that Crystal could never fathom. But that doesn't mean that the microaggressions that Crystal experiences are not valid, right? We know that this pool story, I I said this before, but we know especially now because of the TikTok this week, the pool story was problematic because the girl Sutton is referencing isn't even Chinese. Like, if you think that that's not a big deal and you're not Asian, right? If you think it's not a big deal to be called Chinese when you're not Chinese and you're not Asian... I would ask you to kindly shut the fuck up because your opinion doesn't matter here. I'm Pakistani and ultimately it's not the end of the world when somebody assumes that I'm Indian because a lot of times I view that as that person doesn't know any better. But the number of times I've corrected people and they've still called me Indian is too many to count, right? And it's usually done by white people, right? Like they'll just be like, oh, that Indian girl. I'm not Indian. I'm not Indian. And it, it's, it might be minor to a lot of people, but my family went through a lot to claim their Pakistani identity, right? So if you're going to just call me Indian because, well, it used to be one country at one point, that's fucking offensive. And like... Korean people and Chinese people are very different. Asia is a a lot of the land of this earth. It's big. So this this idea that, you know, Sutton called this girl Chinese, she's Korean, it's fucking offensive. And Crystal probably asked about it or understood that or something. And And I do think that the reason why... Sutton doesn't want to talk about this situation we know now is because the pool story now that we have some clarification through the girl who used to be Sutton's daughter's friend, that that girl is no longer friends with Sutton's daughter. And it's possible that Sutton is wigging out because she doesn't want to talk about her daughter or her daughter's friend or whatever, right? And Again, Crystal is trying to protect Sutton by not talking about it. She doesn't want to keep talking about it. But anyway, even besides that scene, even besides the pool scene, 
the entire scene that we have seen on camera of Sutton, when she says, I don't see color, Sutton says something like, you know, racist, being called racist is worse than a worse virus than COVID, which is like an insane statement. But it's important because when Sutton says you do this and Kyle makes multiple comments about Crystal being a dramatic millennial and that women around town talk about Crystal doing this, for me, I keep now putting the pieces together and what I hear is that Crystal is a woman who has conversations about race or racism or microaggressions and she challenges people on their problematic opinions. It's possible that Crystal's had, and she actually mentioned that I think on camera, that people would say problematic things to her and she doesn't talk to those people anymore. So these 14 friends she has who have now dropped her, did they drop her because she called them out for their problematic opinions? It's possible. And is it possible that when they can't handle that conversation, they look racist as fuck? Yes. So it's possible that that's all the shit that they're connecting, right? They're connecting the fact that Crystal is somebody who comes into situations ready to have a conversation about race or have a or make it about race. And it's so hurtful, right? We know this, that it's so hurtful that when we as people of color call out a person who is, you know, being low-key racist or you know, doing a microaggression, when we call them out on it, it's hard for us to do it because we know that that person is going to react react so defensively that rather than focusing on the hurt I have felt or the violation I have felt or the pain I have felt as the person of color in the room, rather than focusing on that, we're now going to be focusing on the fact that this person feels hurt that I would ever insinuate that they're racist or doing a racist thing. And that's essentially what is happening with Sutton. Sutton is losing her mind because her biggest concern, and I, I mean, everyone's biggest concern on reality TV is how they look on camera, okay? every Everyone's is. But Sutton's biggest concern is that her character, her character is being questioned, right? Well, is not being questioned by things that you didn't say. It's being questioned because of the shit that you fucking say, Sutton. That's what it is. And it all got questioned because somebody tried to question Crystal's character, right? It was Garcelle who questioned whether or not Crystal was authentic um, in her conversation with Sutton. I mean... Call it what you will, but she basically called Kristen a race baiter that, you know, you're baiting people into having conversations about race. And maybe that's what they mean when they say, we heard that you do this, that people around town talk about that you do this stuff all the time. This behavior is a manipulation. She twists words. I mean, a lot of the way that these women are navigating the situation reminds me of, I just started watching Real World Homecoming and I first watched New Orleans, which if you follow us on our Patreon, we're going to be talking about that later this week. Um, but I watched New York recently and this just reminds me of the episodes with Becky, if you watched it, you know, where you have this woman who just repeats over and over again that she has nothing but love and she's not racist. And I have all kinds of friends and I'm a good person. I'm a good person. But 
people who aren't racist or aren't problematic or bad don't have to say that they're not racist or they don't have to say that they're good people. You you just fucking are, right? And it's it just how worked up Sutton is getting as the show goes on and as this fight continues tells me that she's easily manipulated by Kyle, but also that she's deeply insecure because she knows that she did some fucked up shit. She knows. And and she's almost terrified of Crystal telling everybody what she said, but she didn't. She didn't. Crystal has never said what Sutton actually said, right? All Crystal has said is, Sutton said some fucked up shit. I'm not going to repeat it because we've squashed it. It's not anybody's business. And it wasn't worth repeating, right? Because she tried to explain it to Garcelle and Garcelle said, I don't think it's that big of a deal. So what does that do? It just gives it gives um, life to this idea that Sutton has in her head or these women around town have heard that Crystal manipulates people into looking racist. I'm not surprised that a bunch of um, fragile white women in Beverly Hills are afraid of being called racist and focusing more on their character being assassinated by being called racist than actually focusing on the fact that they may have actually done some racist shit and hurt somebody, right? It's just, all of it is so fucked up because at the same time, Kyle is sitting here and saying that Crystal is being a victim by sitting quietly and saying sorry. What the fuck? I, it's it's just extremely triggering to me to watch a bunch of white women sit around and negate the feelings of this woman whose experience is very real. And I think I think that that's the part of it that's just like so frustrating. Um, it's just ugh, I hate it. I hate it so much. Um, Garcelle, you know, why does Garcelle come after Crystal? I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but with Kyle, I think it's so obvious that Kyle just hates the fact that Crystal called her a hypocrite in La Quinta, and she's had it out against Crystal since. Like, she hates the fact that Crystal doesn't behave the way that Kyle expects her to behave. Um, And I find something very problematic there. I find something extremely problematic about the fact that Kyle is the type of woman who um, is expecting this Asian woman to, this Asian American woman to behave a way that, that only she thinks is acceptable. Right. I I don't know. Something about that really, I, maybe I need to unpack that a little bit more, but I find, I found it to be very unsettling. You know, it's also really frustrating that while they're sitting here and calling Crystal a victim and calling her a manipulative and a liar, they seem to have more sympathy for Diana and for Sutton, right? Diana starts crying and Sutton is crying. But when Crystal cries, and they don't even ask her why she's crying, but when Crystal cries, she's playing a victim. That's that's a problem. It's a problem that everyone is sitting around and and I get it. Yes, Crystal was crying on the beach and Erica tried to comfort her, but she really didn't. She just got her more drunk. She never asked her why she was upset, right? She never did any of that. But at the dinner table, 
when Crystal is giving the apology to Sutton, Sutton doesn't even, she doesn't even accept it until Kyle tells her it's okay to accept it. You know, when Sutton is having a meltdown and she's lashing out on everyone and she's being such a fucking bitch, frankly, right? Crystal, Kyle gets up and tries to like help wipe her tears or whatever and takes her to the bathroom and pep talks her and all that shit. It, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Like they all attack Crystal and they're demanding an apology. And when Crystal gives them the apology, they call her a sneaky manipulator. So at this point, it seems like Crystal is damned if she does and damned if she doesn't, you know? Sutton can talk to Crystal like she's a child. She can demand apologies and no one says a thing. But when Crystal articulates herself and talks very calmly, she's an evil manipulator liar. Okay. All the things that Kyle says about how Crystal wants to be part of the group and all this stuff, like, I actually think those things are true about Sutton. Sutton wants to be a part of the group. She wants to play the victim and she's falling into their trap. She won't even accept Crystal's apology until Kyle says, I would take that, right? And like, again, Kyle's the fucking worst. Kyle's working Sutton up all day, and then she tells her to calm down when she's having a meltdown. Like when Sutton's having a meltdown, she's like, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. It's actually like diabolical to watch that. Like, it's actually like fucking evil because like, as soon as Sutton, I mean, as soon as Crystal gets up to leave to help Diana in the bathroom, Crystal goes at, or Kyle goes, ugh, Kyle goes at Crystal again as soon as Crystal gets up off, you know, away from the table. And is it because Crystal said you don't remember because you were drunk, you know, about the problematic shit that Sutton said? Probably, because I do think that it's not, it, we all saw it. Kyle didn't do anything. She didn't say anything in defense of Crystal. She never comforted Crystal when Sutton sat there and said, I don't see color. And she shut down Crystal's experience. That scene, Crystal is talking about the fact that she's dealt with a lot of um, microaggressions in her life, in her friend circles, when people make comments about Chinese people or about Asian people. And as she's saying those things, that is when Sutton shuts her down and says, starts to talk about herself. She says, I don't want to talk about race. And Kyle doesn't do anything to comfort Crystal. She never helps Crystal. So when Crystal says, Kyle, you don't remember or you didn't notice and you didn't notice it the way that I noticed it, Kyle, you know, Kyle's only concerned about the way that she looks. And she thinks that people are going to be like talking about the fact that she didn't do anything to help the, you know, the person, the minority in the room who is actually getting into this very uncomfortable conversation with this ignorant white woman. But that's the truth, Kyle. You didn't fucking do it. So now instead, you're on this tirade that Crystal twists people's words and twists situations and manipulates and makes herself a victim. And all of it to me just reads like these are older women who are looking down at Crystal and looking down at the fact that she's a millennial and that she's emotional and she calls out problematic shit. They don't fucking like it. And instead of owning the fact that they might actually be doing problematic shit, they would much rather call Crystal a dramatic millennial who manipulates the truth. And it's fucked up to watch that. Ultimately, Sutton made a big-ass mistake by saying to Crystal, you do this the night before. Because now we moved on from 
the initial conversation with Garcelle, where Garcelle prefaced it with, I'm going to say something controversial, to now we moved on to 14 girls had a falling out with Crystal. It's it's insane. Like, Crystal told Garcelle that Sutton said some dark shit, but doesn't want to talk about it because it's no one else's business. And these ladies have stretched that to insinuate that Crystal insinuated that Sutton is racist. She never said that. And that turns into something that Sutton says, which is that Crystal does this a lot. And Kyle's like, Crystal twists words. And Garcelle says, Crystal set Sutton up. But Crystal never called Sutton a racist. Crystal just challenged Sutton and her behavior. She challenged it. You know, the source of the argument is that Sutton says problematic shit, but we're not even talking about that anymore. Now... It's about how Crystal accuses people of being racist by manipulating their words. And that's fucked up. Crystal never said that Sutton would get canceled. But Kyle, when she repeats this at dinner the night before, she's like, oh, well, you said it was something so big and so bad. And then she was going to get canceled. She never said that. But like this fight is basically just about a bunch of women, a bunch of wealthy women and their fears of getting canceled by a young millennial. That's really what this is about. They don't care about Crystal. They don't care about Sutton. They just care about a young person coming into the group and calling them out on the problematic shit that could actually get them canceled. When the truth is that we've been watching them for years and years and years, and there's plenty of shit that we should be canceling them for. We should be canceling Erica for the fact that she's making jokes about the fact that she's being called a bully and she's being compared to her awful husband who owed orphans and widows all of their money, literally stole from orphans and widows. That's the shit that we should be canceling, okay? We should be canceling Rinna for all the fucked up shit that she does on social media. We don't need Crystal to point that out. We don't need Crystal to point out the shit that Sutton does because Sutton is who she is on camera. She has said more than enough on camera. (sighs) Anyway, that's what I think this is. But um, that's it for this episode. I'm sorry if it was loopy. It's very late at night. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Let me know what you think. Um, Or don't. I don't know. Somebody left a comment. (laughs) Somebody left a review and was like, you know, how How dare you stereotype white women as being victims? That's so offensive to white women. And I was like, you're being a victim right now about it. So I don't know. It just – all of it is just – all of it is screaming to me fragile white woman shit. Okay, it's fragile white woman shit on Beverly Hills right now where we are now more focused about the feelings of a person who gets called out for the problematic behavior than the actual problematic behavior that's being called out. And maybe I'm a dramatic Asian millennial, okay? But I just think that we should be focusing on the fact that calling out problematic behavior is really important. (laughs) Anyway, that's it. I will talk to you guys next week. Thank you for listening. Thank you for having patience with me. Thank you for letting me ramble and repeat probably the same thing over and over again, but apparently it bears repeating because people are stupid. (laughs) 